This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from my fabulous friends. Hey everybody, it's Adrian, back. And if you're listening to this silky, silky smooth voice, you know that it is. You got yourself another episode of, one of the final episodes of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. Hello, hello, hello one, hello all, hello bad apples. Yeah, if you're listening to this, I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, Adrian, where the fuck have you been? Where have you been? And I'm here to tell you all, I have been. I have been packing. I have been moving across state lines. I've been exhausted. I have been stressed. I've been elated. I've been house shopping. Uh, I've been unpacking boxes. I've been just working. Y'all, I have been, and I am here now on the other side of my journey, a new person, right? I feel just forged in the fire of experience. And I'm here before you right now. If you're listening to this, thank you for listening to this episode of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. And no longer coming from you live at the time of recording from the interesting state of Florida and instead (laughs) coming from the great state of North Carolina. That's right, folks. I'm a North Carolinian now. I hike now. I don't hike, but I need to start hiking now. I get my milk by hand. (laughs) I'm also delirious, everyone. It is a late night. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. As I alluded to before, I have only two more episodes of the show. Landing the plane, uh, riding off into the proverbial sunset, the dirty, rotten sunset. And I felt it would be just perfect to have some friends join me on the second to last episode of the show. Uh, The first one, I will welcome her back. She is a podcaster. She is a playwright. She is a director. She is a musician. She is a general menace. She is a spicy meatball. You know who it is. It is Janice Legata. Hello, my friend. Hello. And guilty as charged on all of (laughs) you. Did I do good? You did. You did. You did real good. Thanks. It's so good to see you. It's always good to see you, Adrian. Hi. Oh. I'm going to try to make it through this episode without crying, but me too. No Us fours, man. Doesn't take much. Does not take right? much. It does. And this, this, this is much though. So this is, this is much. You're right. How's everything in New York? New York is New Yorkin as, as it does. It's, it's no North Kakalaki, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's doing what it does. Any new creative ventures? Talk to me about like, what's like the latest, like, what are you doing? Other than everything, I feel like you have a whole suite of, of, of branded Janice content that is just so cool to see. Like, talk to me, what's like the latest and greatest? I, uh, I'm, I'm doing everything because I'm trying to escape from uh, capitalism. <laughs> this capitalist hellscape. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, man, life is short. It's, it's too short uh it's too precious and beautiful to be spending it 
in places you don't want to be doing things you don't want to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, what's the big thing right now? Uh, draped maniacs going to be starting this embroidery clothing line. Man, um, I didn't realize you were starting a clothing line, but it tracks. Doing it tracks. <laughs> we're trying. Yeah, if you can something. hear it, if you can see it, if you can read it, if you can wear it, right. Janice got it. Right. And you're going to get something from me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I hate, I hate her podcast. I hate the music. I hate, Listen, you can't hate everything. You wear clothes. Can't. I know you do. I know you do. So I got something for you. I love it. I love what was the, what was the thought process? Can we talk about that for a second before we bring on our next co-host? Can you like talk to me about Drip the Maniacs? Yeah. So conservatives, Republicans, whatever they have taken and destroyed the word woke they've it's theirs now they <laughs> they've rebranded it um and so drapedomania is a made-up condition that conservatives of of old ye old white conservatives made up and it's this it's it's a mental illness that they use to explain why slaves would run away so they would say Oh, they're sick. They have a mental illness. Like wanting to be free was drapedomania. I'm like, well, I'm going to take, take that word because we still want to be free. And, and you still think it's a sickness. And I'm sure they'll try, you know, if it gets big enough to, to rebrand it and remake it. But I'm like, you can't because it was your word. And I'm sticking with the original definition. Like, yeah, uh, we're still trying to be free. So I am. I'm sick with drapedomania. Yeah, I'm a draped maniac. So that's what this is. I love it. I love it. That's great. And are you, is it just you? Is it a solo endeavor? Do you have like a team of folks or a couple of folks helping you? Right now, it's just me. But I do, I do have people who know about it and who I will be dragging in to help to wear it, to, to launch it, to do all the things. All right. Well, we'll make sure we drop some links and all that, all that cool stuff. Continue spreading the word. Listen, uh, speaking of spreading the word, Janice, I think we have to welcome another person to, to, to share among our words. That's a really good transition. Well, we don't have, it's not too late. Yeah, it's not too late. You hold the keys. You know, I follow your lead on this. (laughs) She's doing the gladiator thumb in case y'all, y'all can't see this in this, in this medium. She was doing the gladiator thumb, but this next guest, our co-host, next co-host, Got the thumbs up from Janice, and any friend of Janice is a friend of mine. He's got a bunch of content all over the internet, but most notably, the name, the New Evangelicals, is the moniker. Uh, let's give it up for Tim Whitaker. Hello. Hello. Um, I need to say that your intro, that music, I it's amazing. <laughs> it, it, it's like if Sonic the Hedgehog had like a uh, like a EDM dubstep remix, and I was just digging it from the beginning. Nice. So thanks for having me on. Just for that intro alone, <laughs> it was well worth it. No, you know, I'm, I'm glad it is a, it is a generic theme that has been pulled from the internet and it's just become equated <laughs> with dirty rotten church kids to a point where people will tag me and stuff because it's just like free use or whatever. People are tagging me and stuff. It's like a fucking, there's like a fucking TikTok of someone in a restaurant and it's the, it's the dirty rotten church kid music. That is hilarious. So, but listen, there's only two episodes left, so I'm not going to change it now. Right. I, I got mine. I'm good. It's a banger. It is a banger. Absolutely. And then yeah. once, uh, once this show is sunsetted, then listen, anyone can have it. You hear me now, folks? I'm announcing it right now. Any of y'all can have it. It's not mine. So freely received, freely given. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tim, thanks for, for joining Janice and I, the fours. What's your Enneagram? This is really important. Uh, yeah, no, definitely important. I am a six, 
So oh. uh, a lot of fear, loyalist for sure. Um, afraid that my friends will abandon me one day if I'm not loyal enough, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but definitely, and I've taken the test twice. Some people think I'm a challenger because, you know, I'm pretty direct on social media, but in reality, it's, I'm a six all the way. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually don't know. I don't like hang with that many sixes, not for <laughs> deliberately. It's not on purpose. <laughs> I, I just, realized, Bye, I don't know. I just, thanks, thanks yeah. for crying. <laughs> yeah, right. I hate sixes, but hey, you're here, so I'll make it work. No, it's trust me. Six is not my least favorite Enneagram. I'm not even going to have that conversation. My least favorite Enneagram. You sure? It's, it's your second to last episode. You're That's true. At this That's point. true. What am I going to, what are you going to do? Stop listening? I dare you. Sue us, you cowards. You won't. You won't. That's hilarious. Well, listen, Tim and Janice, thank you for this. I really, really appreciate you all being on the show with me. I was like, you know what? Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about something cool. But before we do that, I figured, you know, Tim, people know me, I think at this point. People know Janice, of course. Everyone knows Janice. Everyone. But some of the listeners might not know who you are. So I figured we could take a few minutes and talk through your testimony. Yes. Yes. I prepared it. I'm holding my paper out here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Go ahead. And Janice is go ahead and cue the order. That's actually please. my healthcare bill. Don't look at that. It's, it's in, you know, post capitalist <laughs> society. Yeah. Were you a church kid? What's your story, man? Oh, yeah, man. Was I ever? I, I need to say one thing quickly. I, it is an honor to be on this show because before I even started my work, you guys were already pumping along doing your work. So I feel like you're the real OGs of this deconstruction explosion. So to be on here on your second to last episode, it is honestly humbling and I'm honored that you would even invite me. So I want to say that from the outset. So thank you so much. Long story short, yeah, complete church kid, homeschooled for nine years, small private school after that. I was one of six in my graduating class. Oh. I was the only boy in my class, that kind of vibe. Um, went to a very conservative fundamentalist style church, very John MacArthur-esque in its teaching. And grew up that way for a lot of my you know teenage years and everything. Um, my church was hymns only for a long time, you know, really just a piano in the hymns. And then we got this new radical pastor who's like, you know, we can use an acoustic guitar and some modern praise, you know, choruses. So my dad, oh, who was a guitarist, but gave up on that to, you know, after he converted, said, Ooh, well, I, I'm in for this. And then they wanted to get the drums in, but they thought, well, if we bring a drummer in. That might like split the church completely. So they thought, well, I'm only 11 years old. What if we had an 11 year old start playing drums in front of the church? Who's going to yell at the 11 year old trying to Harmless. play? Harmless. Yeah. So I, I got my my music career started early in church. I still play professionally to this day. So that I guess that's one positive thing. But yeah, I mean, I grew up completely devoted and committed to the way of Jesus as best as I knew how, which frankly was a very white centered Jesus, as I came to find out many years later. And uh, through a lot of twists and turns, uh, I did a lot of parachurch ministry stuff. I worked with an organization called Child Evangelism Fellowship. They're the largest missions organization devoted to reaching every boy and girl with the gospel of Jesus. I was someone who worked as a teenager for them. I taught their, they're called uh, backyard clubs where you do these like vacation Bible schools in people's backyard trying to convert kids. I did that for almost 10 years of my life. Again, another long story short. After seeing 2016 happen and, you know, the Black Lives Matter response and the COVID response, there were a lot of things before that that were giving me some like, OK, this seems a little weird. Um, you know, why are, why are evangelicals always talking about, you know, the gays and, you know, try, the war on Christmas? But whatever, I'm still committed evangelical, committed Christian. But 2016 was the moment where um, it just blew the doors open, where I said, this doesn't make any sense. 
how are the people who taught me about sexual purity and this culture of saving myself for marriage, which I did, by the way, how are they mad at me? Because I am the one saying on social media that I can't vote for the guy on the cover of Playboy magazine, the guy who's bragging about essaying women like who has really moved in this conversation? It's not me. I'm just holding to that integrity I was taught to hold to. So when I saw my faith tradition really go hook, line, and sinker down that route and start excusing the behavior of Trump, and this was early on before we knew everything that that person would lead us you know, into, I really started to rethink my relationship to the church, even though I was so well committed to it. And then I started TNE, the New Evangelicals, in December of 2020, after I saw Sean Foyt, our our favorite worship leader, doing these maskless worship gatherings, right? He's like, hey, you know what the Christian thing to do is? Let's just hold these mass worship gatherings in public to fight tyranny. And at the time, I was still a drummer in church. I was all in. I mean, we were very professional. I was using molds and we were using Ableton. I, I was committed to doing it. So I'm like, well, I'm a worship guy and this seems ridiculous. I mean, how is this anything like what Christ would do? And wearing uh, a mask on your face is not tyranny. So I started TNE in December of 2020, just asking the questions at the time. I wasn't even fully affirming it. I was just, I was on the path there, but I was like, well, how do we negotiate this stuff? What do we do with it? That's when I discovered the explosion that we know as deconstruction. And then in April of 2021, my church pastor sat me down and said, we love you, man, but I can't have someone on the platform saying things on your social media account that disagrees with us. So you have to make a choice. You can either stop serving with us as a volunteer worship drummer, or you can stop doing what you're doing online. So I shook his hand and said, I'm out because the DMs we were getting were, were too powerful for me. I was already too committed to what we were doing. And um, yeah, lost my faith community after that. And the rest is kind of history, frankly. Man, that was that was a good testimony, Tim. Thank you. Are you crying yet? Is anyone crying? Yeah. Well, the organs that are playing in my head actually. Are Thank just, you. It's a Thank really you. good pad. It's like really like yeah, kind of warm. <laughs> Hold that pad, please. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's going to sit for a while. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's so it, it's it, what's funny is, and I say this a lot, your story is incredibly distinct to you uh-huh. and it is also not a surprise in the way that it unfolds, the natural responses to the people around you, the natural response to the context and the situation. Janice and I have talked about this, that there are many patterns that kind of led to this sort of deconstruction movement as many of us talk about it. And when people talk about deconstruction, they will speak about the years 2016 to right about now. Oh, you know yeah. I mean, that's what they will refer to it as. Like when you talk about tooth and nail records, tooth and nail still exists, but you're not talking about tooth and nail now. Right. There's a very specific range of years that you're talking about tooth and nail. Right. Early under oath, Anne Berlin, all the good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the same thing's going to happen when they talk about deconstruction. Absolutely. If I had a dollar for every time I heard a story similar to mine, I'd be a very, very rich person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my story is very similar to yours. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's very interesting. Okay. So you were a church kid, but you were like a like a hymns only church kid. I, I honestly was a good kid. Never rebelled. Never. I've never even to this day been drunk or smoked weed. It's just not my thing. Like that's just. Well, you heard it here, folks. Janice has sent us some packages in the mail. So Tim, if you go ahead and look <laughs> under your chair. Ooh. Yeah, see, there we go. That is a, that is a, a big old You really J. are dirty, rotten church kids, aren't you? <laughs> so Tim, did you, were you like a part of the, the very 90s evangelical, like a Jesus fish on everything and every version of a rock band that was a Christian version? Or was that not really your scene? 
I mean, I definitely, you know, I started drumming pretty early on, so music was always a big deal to me. So I started with, you know, the 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 easy ones, the Avalons of the world, the Four Hymns, the Point of Graces, and then eventually I found like just the harder heavy music scene, you know, the the real like the Norma Jeans, the Emerys, the Underoaths. I definitely was in that world, but I was in like that like underground resistant Christian rock scene. So the Rock for Life T-shirts. I mean, I I at 15 was skating around town. I was a skater uh, with a huge shirt that just said in all caps, abortion is homicide. Then on the back, it said, you will not silence my message. You will not mock my God. You will stop killing my generation. And honestly, at the time, I thought I was so countercultural because here I am doing something that like the world wouldn't accept listening to my hardcore underground Christian rock music. So it's weird because in a lot of ways, I was, for what I knew, a rebel, but I was also still very much a product of like that white evangelical subculture, even if I didn't realize it yet. And then I essentially just applied that rebellious spirit and I kind of aimed the weapon at my own tradition. It was like, wait a second, maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're the ones who are causing all the damage, you know? So I tell people that my tradition radicalized me and I'm still radicalized. Only now I'm really critiquing what I grew up with and trying to find better paths forward in my faith. Janice, were you a part of like the 90s, like cultural Christian thing? I mean, I know you became it as a megachurchite. I mean, you kind of have to be, but how about in like the 90s? Is that like a, a thing for you? Yeah, like I know <laughs> there's so much I can I can fake a lot. Um, so people don't know like how much modern music I actually don't know. Like because <laughs> my my parents, my mom had this thing where like, oh, we can't listen to secular music, but we could listen to like easy rock so like if it's from the 70s 60s 70s 80s like i mean that's still clean elevator music like whatever i know all of that (laughs) but like rap music the rock music i don't know um but rebecca st james amy grant all right okay uh jennifer knapp yep like oh yeah the acoustic girl versions of yeah. you know the things that i would come to love later you know like yeah. the said and tori amos and all this stuff like all the christian versions yeah i had that the original dc talk they were rap first like people forget mm, that like they don't know yeah no i was i was there yeah we were there <laughs> okay well that that helps me locate you tim thanks for sharing that thanks for asking yeah i feel like this tees up a game that i want to play with you all and i feel like Y'all are pros, so you'll get it. But maybe there's someone listening at home. This might take them for a loop. I don't know. What I have done is I've done kind of a, we'll keep it short. I've done a deep dive, done some searching, and I have looked up obscure boy band names and obscure youth group names. And we're going to play a game called youth group or boy band. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a name. All right, Uh, Tim, you're going to guess whether you think it's a youth group or a boy band. And some of these could be tricky. And some of these could be tricky. Sound good? I'm ready. Janice, let's go first. So this youth group or boy band name is Ignite. Think about it. Think about it. You go into Ignite, you're going to go see Ignite. And are we sure none of these are both? I can neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) I mean, I 100% know of youth groups called Ignite. I'm going to go with youth group. All right, Tim, how about you? I know at least a dozen Ignites uh, that are youth groups. I probably attended like 10 of them. So I, I, if it's a boy band, congrats to them. But, but that name's been taken a long time ago. So I have to go with the youth group here. 
You know what? Both of you are absolutely correct. Your gut was right. Ignite. I definitely attended an ignite as well. Is it, I think you have to have an ignite. Wait, is that is that not what this is? Oh. Plot twist. Under your under your chair is an ignite flyer. Welcome okay. to ignite. <laughs> that's that's the that's the rebrand. I told you in my last two episodes of DRCK. That's the rebrand. <laughs> I didn't tell you where I was going, baby. Keep them guessing. That's so good. Keep them guessing. Oh, that's hilarious. So here's the next one here. Tim, how about you go first? This one here. Soul decision. Man, I mean, <laughs> what what boy band names themselves that? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, but also that's almost too on the nose for a youth group, right? Like I can't imagine youth group leaders being like, guys, we've been thinking for months about what we're going to name our youth group. And after hours of thinking and taking time dollars to pay our salaries, we've come up with sole decision. <laughs> I don't know. I It seems too on the nose. I'm going to go maybe a little against my instinct and say boy band. Janice, how about you? Soon as you said it, boy band, thousand percent. That's a boy band. I feel like I'm making up the cover. Might, it might be the actual cover art, but like I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I own this record. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You both are correct. You're two for two. That is, in fact, a boy band. Boom. I've never heard of this band, but I, they have a song, a hit single called Faded. Faded. Wow. So, yeah. Yep. Wow. Right. Faded. <laughs> Soul decision. I mean, Jeez. it is feasible, I think, in the 90s that there was a. Surely there could have been someone said like sole decision, obviously it's all decision. Well, you have Jesse McCartney, beautiful soul, right? So that's in like the, that's in the boy band air already, that language. So it makes sense upon further thinking about it. Totally. All right, here we go. I have merge five, six, merge five, six. Think about it. Ooh. Merge five, six. Let's go with Janice. What's your take? My first instinct is boy band, but then, well, I'm going to go with boy band because I would think youth group, but why would you merge? Like, because I'm thinking like, why would you merge like fifth and sixth grade? That's not, that's not a, not a big deal. So you're going to go with boy band? I'm going to go with boy band. All right, Tim, I see you thinking and something's cooking. If there's one thing I've learned about youth groups, there's no rhyme or reason to why they would ever use numbers. <laughs> There's no rhyme, or it's some obscure like local reference, like yeah, fifty six is is the name of the room that we meet in, or the street that we're on, or something. Just to be different, to be that type four, I'm gonna say uh, that it's a, it's a youth group. That is in fact a youth group, Tim. You were correct, and and best part of all, that was my youth group. There it is. I was, <laughs> was I was a I was a worship no. I was a worship leader at a, a youth group that was for grades five and six. Five six. <laughs> literally there was no thought to it they're like hey merge five six brilliant yep that tracks but why like that's not even no, merging doesn't make merging. sense like, <laughs> so y'all are the same age right. you are the same there's no merge there's yeah no merge. that's great okay all right all right Jeez. we'll keep it moving the crew you go into the crew or you hear that hit Single from the crew. Let's go with Tim. What's your thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! The all right. Uh, I have a I clarifying question. <laughs> How is it spelled? <laughs> Janice. Janice. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know that makes a difference. You know that makes a difference. Crew is spelled like J Crew, like the regular word crew, C R E W. Oh, okay. I, I gotta go with boy band on this one. I, I gotta follow my gut, uh, but who knows at this point? It's really a coin toss. Janice? Yeah, if if it was C R U, definitely would have been a boy band. Why? Why? Well, why? What is it about? Why? Because I just would have been like, like you know, oh yeah, like the crucified. <laughs> it's like crucifixion. Like, oh, the um, crucified. This is a tough one because I mean it's so generic. So generic. Yeah, I'm on my losing streak anyway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be anti, anti Tim. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what did you say, Tim? Yeah, what did you? <laughs> oh yeah, what did I say? I think I did. I say boy band. I think I said, said boy, boy band. band. So I'm gonna go youth group. Janice, you are correct. That is a youth group. Hey. The wow. crew. Come on out to the crew. That feels, that's interesting, right? It's like, hey, yeah. we're the crew. We're going to fight you. All right. Yeah. I'm, that's our game. Okay. That's our game. The crew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go graffiti the church next door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one here, let's think about this. Think about this. What situation might this apply, right? We're talking about students, youth group, boy zone. Boy zone. Oh, that can't be a youth group name. That's got to be a boy band. Right, Janice? It's got to be a, uh, a boy band. Yeah. Final answer. The boy zone. Hey, what's up, girls? We're boy the boy zone. zone. Woohoo! Start singing my is song. That, is that Bob's Burgers? No, who's that? Boys, boys <laughs> for now. Boys. <laughs> yeah, boys for now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Janice, how does this sound, though? Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome to Boy Zone. Ready to start praying? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't really flow, does it? No. And I got to go boy band on this. If there's a Boy Zone youth group, I hate everything. <laughs> yeah. Don't you guys have enough already? Like, you have your own? No. If it is, I guarantee you that Mark Driscoll started it. <laughs> you heard it here. It's like, we need more macho men. The Boy Zone. We're going to eat steak and do push-ups. <laughs> I was trying to be sneaky. You're absolutely correct. It, it is a boy band, boy yeah. zone. I thought, you know, I'm like, you know, I thought maybe it was like a wild at heart. Maybe it could fall for like a wild at heart sort of situation, like a boy I zone. I almost fell for that. You know? I'm thinking that. No, no. It is absolutely a boy band. Their hit single is Working My Way Back to You. Oh. Uh, I don't know the song, unless it's a cover of that 80s song, but I, I don't know. Give my way back to you, baby. Go ahead yeah, and sing something it. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. thank you. I'm a drummer for a reason. You don't want to hear me sing. Hey, Tim, let's leave it to the boy zone, okay? <laughs> yeah, good, good call. Yeah, let's leave it to boy zone. <laughs> this one here this is our last one. And I'm not going to do that one because that one, you already, you already named it. I was going to say for him, oh. but that's like both. That's a trick question. For him is also like a mega church band. If you hadn't called it out, though, I would have tried it. <laughs> I would have tried it. They had a song called For Future Generations. Yes, they did off the message album. How do I know? Well, like I said, big fan at one wow, point. Big fan. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. And then this is the last one. Youth group or boy band? New legacy. That's gotta be a, a, a youth group, right, Janice? That's gotta be. Yeah. I gotta go with, 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 with youth group on this one. Final answer. Yeah. Youth group. Man, y'all, y'all are good. That is absolutely a youth group name. I mean, it makes sense. New legacy. It makes sense. Right? Right. Yeah. Next generation. Josh Merge 5-6. <laughs> Ignite. Right. Context. 
Boys own. <laughs> Boys own. Girls own. Never shall the twain meet zone. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No purpling zone. <laughs> no I was going to say zone. that. No purpling zone. <laughs> Uh, all right amen. y'all are good what that purity y'all are good you can tell that y'all have been around you know you can tell you can know you can like sniff it out you're like that's a youth group was this your way of finding out if i was legit or like a plant <laughs> yeah yeah this was a this is a litmus test i see my man i see what you did there yeah, this is a an ex-evangelical litmus <laughs> test and you pass <laughs> it like must must have this much trauma to ride <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, absolutely so well thank you so great. much for being here on the first episode of ignite uh the podcast <laughs> it's going really well so far i'm just pleased really to well. have <laughs> snuck into the boys zone so <laughs> yeah you really did it janice i'm proud of you <laughs> you made it you made it here listen boys have had it too hard for too long i agree so difficult they need their own zone there's a war there's a war on us adrian <laughs> There's a war on, on men they, and boys right there on zone. Absolutely. Well, listen, I feel like we can jump into our topic. I was thinking about this. I was like, you know what? Like, what are like the conversations I want to kind of round the corner on and kind of talk about? I think one of them, when I think about the show, I was thinking like, it's been interesting to see if you listen to the show uh, over the past few seasons, like you hear us like completely deconstruct in real time process it and then arrive at certain conclusions and change our mind about certain things. And it is truly like it chronicles my entire journey. And so I was like, you know what, let's talk about what would we go back and tell ourselves on this side of deconstruction? What do you say? I'm in. Yeah. What do you think, Janice? Yeah, I guess. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) If you had said, if you had said, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah, right. I would have pivoted. You know, we texted you about this like a week ago, right? You had the you had the topic. <laughs> you know, I can't read. <laughs> oh man! So, Janice, when did you when did you deconstruct? Like, what was like your range of when did it all start for you? It started from the beginning, right? Like, we didn't know, didn't know that was what was happening. But like, I never. There's never a point in my walk where I didn't have questions or things that just didn't didn't really make sense. But I guess I knew, I knew, I knew I was thinking differently and having to make changes. Yeah, when I when I was uh, wrestling with whether or not to stay at Hillsong. So twenty twenty fifteen, I would say was like when the first first major cracks started showing. And so from twenty twenty fifteen until twenty nineteen, man, there's like these these four year cycles. Was yeah, kind of, uh, I don't know about this, to, to 2019 being like, oh, actually, I don't think I have to go to church anymore. And I don't, yeah, I'm not going to go to church anymore. And even at that point, I didn't, nothing against God, nothing against, uh, uh, some things against Christianity. But yeah, I didn't, in 2019, I did not see me in 2023 happening. I just, <laughs> yeah. What's wild is that 2019, on paper, it seems like just yesterday. You're like, that was 2019. Like, wait, that's right, right then. But like, that was four years ago. Yeah. And if you were starting your deconstruction, Janice, in 20, 2015, that's like four years or now, eight years. So mm-hmm. basically, it's great. Like, having deconstructed for eight years, you've been thinking about this stuff and talking about this stuff. And then 2016, for me, it was right about the same thing. So that's like seven years. Okay. So we've been kind of circling this strain for the better part of a decade. Yeah. Right. Mm. When you think about it now, and I'll ask you first, Janice, what is maybe one thing 
we'll just kind of round robin it, right? What's like one thing that you would go back and tell 2015, 2016 through 19 Janice about your deconstruction? I've been thinking about this and honestly, uh, nothing. Because first of all, she wouldn't believe me. (laughs) And I think with everything, like had I known the highs and the lows of it all, I I probably never would have done it. Mm. Like there was just no way (laughs) to get here other than the way that I got here. Like there's nothing, there's nothing I could have said to past me because... Yeah, when she wasn't there, she just wasn't there. And like, like it's just so weird how five minutes before like you have whatever the breakthrough is, if somebody would say that exact thing to like, like 10 minutes before I was like, oh, I don't think I need to go to church anymore. Like if someone else is saying, you know, you don't have to go. To, you know, you don't have to go to church. I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I, I guess if I bumped into her on the street, I would just be like, you're good. <laughs> Part, it's part of the canon, right? Yeah. It's a canon story. You got to like canon event. Yeah. I can't go back and because mm. you change anything, you change everything. So. Yeah. 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 So you certainly wouldn't change anything, right? I guess. Is there anything I'm trying to think then when you talked about the good and the bad, how about if you just reflect what's like an element that you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. Like I can only speak for, <laughs> for now in this moment and things, things that I'm thinking about right now. Um, so it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't go back and tell myself anything, but like, if I were speaking to someone who was coming into deconstruction right now, I think I would just say, Hey, uh, <laughs> give it time. Cause the time is, is going to pass. Uh, and I think what, not what surprised me, but I guess what, what has disappointed me or kind of been the lows is just realizing, oh, people, <laughs> people are just people on on both sides of it and coming out of anything but in this case evangelicalism especially like you know all of us we were in it and in it to win it and in it from youth right and Mm so like that's all we knew and so you know a big thing i'm always talking about and grappling with is just this idea of, of platforms and platform culture and all these things that we saw and none of us saw it done well and we don't know how to do it. I assume people are like me or, or think like me or have, you know, the best of intentions or whatever. And so then to realize, oh, some people just don't. And and not not everyone is malicious, but sometimes when you're not if you're not consciously kind of grappling with, oh, what did I what did I pick up from that place and that I don't want to repeat. Like if you're not conscious about not repeating things, then then you just will. And so to to be on this side now and be like, oh, like to see some of the same things just recreating themselves, that sucks a lot. I like what you said about like if you're not conscious of the things that you bring with you and that everyone in evangelicalism will probably bring with them as well. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm going to poke that a little more, Janice. I have a couple, I have a couple, because I really like what you're, what you're on, but I want to just kick it to you, Tim. How about you, man? Like what, what's something that maybe you would tell your past self or something that has surprised you? Well, let's, we'll say, let's say book. I think Janice has a good point. Like it's impossible to go back and tell yourself, you know, because then you wouldn't be you, right? So you don't have to approach it that way unless you want to. I'm going to start it from when I really started TNE and kind of discovered the world of deconstruction. Because before that, I could definitely could say using this language now that I was deconstructing for a long time, really just rethinking 
my relationship to the church and what is church, even if it was still firmly in that basement of evangelicalism. But I think that TNE was when I really got my head above ground and when really the floodgates opened of like, oh my gosh, there's so many other people out here thinking about these things. So I kind of think about it from that framework. And I think what I, let's say um, that future me visited past me and past me was like, great, give me advice. Like, I, I'm going here. I, I don't not want to go. What can I learn? I would just say that deconstruction is really an explosion and people are going in all different directions and that's totally okay. And you don't have to capitulate what you believe or your faith to fit into like, or to identify as someone who deconstructs. You know, I think a lot of people, and this is not a bad thing at all, I respect the journey, but I think a lot a lot of accounts that I first discovered when I uh, first started TNE that were maybe in a state of like, well, we're not sure what we believe, then just kind of went, hey, I'm just kind of out of this thing, and deconstruction for me means I'm no longer a Christian. I think in the beginning that, that might have scared me a little bit because I was like, I, don't, I really don't want to lose my faith. I'm just, I really want to follow Jesus. I just don't think that what I grew up in was like the best way. Are there any other ways of being Christian still while still sharing many of the same values, you know? I think of me and Janice all the time. Like, I know that we identify very differently now with our religious traditions, but we share a lot of the same values and find a lot of common ground, even if we have our own areas that we're doing our work in, right? So I, th I think that would be some advice I would have given my past self. Like, don't freak out. You don't have to lose your faith to, to do this. And I think the other thing I would think about too is just remembering that while it is legit for me to be angry, especially when I lost my faith community, to remember that anger leads somewhere and it can be used as fuel to maybe think about better paths forward, or it can be used as fuel just to like become a wrecking ball and standing on top of the rubble and planting your flag saying, look what we did. I just don't know if that makes a lot of sense for people who are trying to find better paths forward in general, whether it's in the faith or not. And so just reminding myself that like your anger is valid, you're allowed to say what you want to say, you're allowed to say that. I mean, one time in one of my videos, I called John MacArthur a fucking racist. Like that, that's my video starts out with me saying, John MacArthur's a fucking racist. And I played the clip of him talking about slavery, proving the point. I don't regret that at all. But I think for a little bit there, a lot of my content was just like, so angry all the time that I don't know if long-term it like did it, it, I'm not sure if it was as productive or even helpful as I wanted it to be. And I'm still learning like how to, I guess, navigate that with wisdom. Like when should I be angry and say what needs to be said and call out the shit that we see all too often? And also when are we kind of all just worn out of like hearing about the same negative shit that we all know about already, you know? And is there like another way to navigate that? So I think those are two things for me. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I For me, like very similar. I think DRCK, has been really important to me because it's been, I, I think I've needed, I think we described it as like just a blunt object that you got to like whack some shit down just to like make your <laughs> yeah. way through some things, you know? So yes. I, think, I think we've always, I think that the show has always kind of just been a, a blunt instrument. It's been a, a hammer, not a scalpel. And I think it needed to be that. And I think that's exactly yeah. where I was. But I think after a while, you're like, this hammer is a little heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, can I also just add to what you're saying for you? Because I, I'm sure you got a lot of messages like me. I'm sure you did you do too, Janice, that people might say, oh, your content helps me feel seen. Your content says things that I just don't have the words to say. And that's really important. And people need to see themselves and to see their anger reflected. I think that's really wise. I also think, though, that if we're not always navigating where are we going, 
then we end up kind of doing what we did back in our fundamentalist days, where we just kind of stay put and think that we've arrived and this is the new thing. We just do this all the time. And that's not healthy either. I think if deconstruction has taught me one thing, it's that you're kind of always in process and it's always important to renegotiate and reexamine your beliefs, even the current ones. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to change them. Maybe don't hold them at, you know, as tightly as you held on to your previous beliefs, right? Because things can change because you change. So I think that that's an important piece of that. I feel like... How do I put this? On the first episode that Janice was on, I say that because she's been on multiple episodes. It's cool like that. On the first episode you were on, Janice, I'm not sure if you remember this, but you said you felt like you were paying penance. Mm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. For the harm that you were a part of in, in so many ways. And I think if I go back and tell myself something, um, I would say it's okay to feel like you have to pay penance, but you don't owe anything to anybody. Mm. Something that was really ingrained in me is that you know you really don't exist for yourself right like you are mm. not your own right and you, even apart from like the Jesus conversation right like you exist to serve you exist to edify and to encourage and i think that didn't just go away when i deconstructed mm-hmm. i think i still mm. felt like i had a duty like i have to pour myself out in the service of helping other people see what i am seeing or whatever and i think while I, I am glad that I've been able to do in some ways do that, I, I think I would go back and tell myself like, hey, like you also can just worry about yourself. <laughs> you can also just worry about yeah. yourself. Help who you're going to help, but don't just try and help other people. There's a book by uh, Liz Gilbert called Big Magic. And she said that like if you're creating something, she's like, don't don't create something to help me. Just do it for yourself. Like if you need it, then do it. I think I would tell myself that because I think that was a pattern of thinking that didn't just go away. That's really good. Yeah. Janice, talk to me about platform culture. Yes, Janice, let's do it. You started talking about that. I so agree with you, by the way, Janice, so agree. Yeah, I want to talk about that more. And here's the thing. I want to, because anyone listening to the show probably has been listening to a bunch of other deconstruction content. And you could also have some people who are listening to this episode going, I think I'm deconstructing. So (laughs) we represent... A, there is a, a listenership that represents a spectrum of the deconstruction experience. There are some people who are listening to this going, maybe hell isn't forever. <laughs> right? And then there are other people Love who that. are kind of saying like, defund all churches, burn the shit down. <laughs> yeah, so, right. right, fuck it yeah. all. <laughs> so, so right now, I think this platform, I do want to talk about deconstruction platform culture, knowing that this represents kind of like, there is a curve that you before you kind of get to this place. And we'll circle back to some fundamental stuff too. Is that cool? Great. I love Sorry, that. Sorry, Janice. I just wanted to tee that up before you before you shared. Uh, ugh, well, what do you what do you want to talk about with platform culture? Because nothing to say. You don't have anything to say. No, I you you started talking about how there are elements of platform culture that we come from, and that doesn't just once again, it's not something that just stops. And people who maybe come out of this are like, what are you talking about, right? No one's passing a plate. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, they are. So, 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 and with that, <laughs> passing it to Janice. <laughs> this will eventually go public, Janice. I, Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And even, even that thought, like that was something I can't talk about anybody else, right? I can only talk about myself. And so I know coming, coming into this space and I didn't... I didn't, I don't know what, I don't, I honestly don't know what I expected. Like when I started my podcast and when, when I came into this space, like I didn't even know it existed really. Um, I just landed here and it's like, oh, oh, okay. 
And I think I think it's because because I am a writer and I am a storyteller, I tend to think about people as as characters. Like I'm always trying to make sense of like, why, why would somebody do this? Why would whatever? So if I'm writing this story, what what would their motivations be? So I can see how we are all, we can all be villains and no one, very few people mean to be right. People are just trying to do whatever they're trying to do. And they're not generally trying to harm other people, but a lot of times we do just cause we don't, we're not, we're not thinking about what we're doing. Um, so coming, coming into the space and then as my platform started growing, like I just had to be honest with myself and be like, okay, you came out of Hillsong. You went into Hillsong wanting to be a worship leader, wanting to, to be an artist in that sense. And, uh, Hillsong beat that out of you pretty early. And, you know, I just was not what they wanted. And grappling with that and realizing there's, there's a tension that I never got from Hillsong. There are platforms that I didn't get. I got some, I had access, I had, you know, whatever, but there were just things that I didn't get. And so then to now be out here and be like, Ooh, I can, I can maybe get some of this. Just having like, okay, what are you, what are you doing and why, why are you doing it? So in the moments when I'm just, you know, when you first wander into this space and I'm just doing what I'm doing just purely because I just want to do it and I, I enjoy it and I think it's funny and I think it's fun or whatever. And then when people start, you know, hooking on to things and, you know, we're all creative people here and we know what it is to to really like something for a while and then just not not anymore. <laughs> um, but then, <laughs> oh, but is this my thing now? And this is what mm. <laughs> this, this is what the people want. And so, you know, walking that line of, uh, okay, and then also, you know, feeling that I'm paying penance and so I'm here and this is my service and this is what they want and I know how to do it, so it's fine, I'll just, I'll just keep doing this. And when it's just me, that's fine, but then you start interacting with, with other people and then, like, I'm always checking my motivations, you know, oh, oh, it's great, Dirty Rotten Church Kids is, is a big deal. I'm going to be on DRCK. Like, oh, that's cool. But also, I just really like these guys. You know, it was never it was never a question, but it was like, no, if it, if it could only if you could only be on the podcast or you could only be their friend, like what what would you choose? So I would no, I would I would choose to just be their friend. But I'm on the podcast, so that's cool. <laughs> and so so stuff like that. And then, you know, pretty early on. With Tim, Tim and I weren't like we were friendly, but we weren't even friends. And I had someone who basically like gave me an ultimatum. Well, if you're going to be friends with Tim, then you can't be friends with me. I'm like, well, you're giving me this ultimatum. I'm not even friends with this guy, really. But if you're giving me that ultimatum, I'm going to I'm going to choose him just because I'm choosing myself. Like I'm not I don't want to play these games. Mm. Um, And then then that became a thing. And then it's like, okay. You know, there's the whole Joshua tree incident. And I remember like having to have a conversation with myself. Okay, you can say some stuff right now and you're probably going to burn some bridges with some of these bigger accounts. Does that matter to you? Um, And so having to be like, ah, no, (laughs) it doesn't. So there are moments that I've been proud of myself to be like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm 
taking stock. Like I'm not, I'm never going to sit here and pretend like, you know, I don't have a platform or, you know, <laughs> what me? No. You know, so to be like, no, I do. I do have a platform and money is involved and fame is attention. Like all these things are on the table to some extent. And so what, what matters to me? And am I, am I making business decisions or am I making personal decisions? Mm. And I haven't always gotten it right, but I've tried to just, to just be honest and be like, Chad, no, you, you two are a rat bag and you two um, can do harm and, and have bad motivations. So what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Are you enjoying it? There are moments, right, where uh, it's not about me. So, yeah, I will. I will do this thing. And I'm not doing anything that I don't believe in or don't like to some extent. Like just just realizing, OK, I can't I can't fix the world. I can't change the whole thing. Mm. I can only work on myself, just trying to make the best decisions with the knowledge that I have in the moment to make myself better. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it don't. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think, yeah, it's really good. You, I, I love how you talked about like, there's a point where you have to really take stock and go, okay, I can, I can stick to my guns. I can like be, a, I can like stick to my sense of integrity and like what I feel is right for myself, but it could cost me listeners or, or it could cost me the opinion of other people. And guess what? That's the exact same conversation we had to have when we were deconstructing. Mm -hmm. I have a choice to choose myself and my intuition and follow my gut at the expense of my relationships and the people that like me and the people that come to my church or the people that are watching me lead worship or, or you know, I'm working on the teams and all those things. Like that conversation may happen. If you're listening to this, former Adrian, that conversation will happen again. Yeah. Where you're going to have to make a choice to say, am I going to stick to my intuition and my integrity if it means I'm going to lose a lot of other things? Mm. I was talking to someone, Mike McCarg, um, from the Liturgist podcast and Cozy Robot Show, and they're talking and someone's like, man, you know, like, do you you could just do that full time. Like, you have enough of a listenership and you have enough momentum, you should do it full time. And there was this like moment of like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you can like see it. You're like, I could, I could do this shit. <laughs> but then after you think about it, you're like, to what end? Yeah. Hmm. To what end? So that I become a professional non-believer just as much as I almost became a professional Christian. Hmm. Now my livelihood is based on my kind of static series of beliefs. Right. And then my insistence to only ever talk about one facet of myself. I'm an Enneagram 4, y'all. I refuse. That's not going to happen. I will be damned and dead before you pigeonhole me into one facet of my complex ass self. Am I right, Janice? Talk to me, Goose. You know what yes, I'm talking about. Sounds like a type four. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want that to be my thing. And that's another thing I would probably tell myself is, Adrian, if you only spend time thinking, talking, writing, creating about things with Jesus fish on them, then you are still inherently defining yourself by evangelicalism. Like you are forcing yourself to be defined by your Christianity for or against. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And does that mean that it doesn't, it shouldn't have happened? No, I think like there's a point where you're like, hey, 
it took me a long time to build this house. It's going to take me a fucking long time to tear it down. It's all hands on deck. You have to focus on that for a while. But I would probably just tell myself, like, there is a, a time where you don't have to identify in that way. So, Tim, the new evangelicals for life. <laughs> Speaking of pigeonholing yourself and making it your identity. <laughs> no, but like, Tim, tell me how, like, how has, I guess, for you, I mean, you were telling me, and I'm actually glad you mentioned this because when you came on the scene, when the new evangelicals came on the scene, I didn't know anything about you. Um, DRCK had been going, which, by the way, when DRCK started, I felt like there was like maybe a couple accounts talking about, and it's been cool to see how many like accounts kind of are normalizing conversations because there was really nobody. And when you first came on the scene, I remember being like, oh, who's this? And one of the first stories I saw is a question like, hey, are you affirming? And you were like, ah, uh, you know, I'm kind of like wrestling. And I'm not going to lie to him. I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I, was like, I'm out of this podcast. I was like, I am never. I, well, I fuck you too. <laughs> no, no, but, no, I get it. But that's, that just speaks to one, how hard-headed and kind of narrow-minded I was in the space where I was like, I didn't give my anyone room to be on a journey, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but I think it also speaks to you, like going through a journey and growing and changing. Can you talk about that? Yeah. When I first thought of the, thought of the name, the New Evangelicals, you know, I was on my front porch, still very evangelical. And, you know, kind of within a couple of months, I had to be like, okay, like, what am I actually doing here with this name? You know, and like, is it helpful or not? And ultimately, I got to a point where I believe that it was. There's a great book called Discovering an Evangelical Heritage by Donald Dayton, where he talks about how the early evangelicals were abolitionists and egalitarian and like really pushing the church forward and fighting against like bullshit. And I'm like, those are my people. I like those people. Um, and plus, I mean, you know, we, we all know this, but the word evangelical just means someone who brings good news. You know, it doesn't have to mean, you know, uh, pray or burn. You can you can rethink what good news might mean, especially in the light of a more expanding theology. But yeah, I mean, one thing that I think has been key, and I, I'm glad you both said it, is that I told myself early on, especially when in Adrian and, and Janice, you know what this is like when you, your account just kind of starts taking off and you're like, holy shit, like I, I, what do I do? People are just DMing me. Like I didn't realize that what I was saying or, or whatever I'm, questions I'm asking are resonating. I'm like, well, what do I do with this? Because a lot of people now are like talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I just made a commitment really early on, I mean, really early, almost from day one, that I was going to be just radically transparent and as honest as possible, because if there's one thing evangelicalism taught me, it's that, you know, people are really good at presenting this image of themselves and that behind the scenes, it's different. And frankly, I was part of making that sausage, right, for a lot of years. So I got just enough behind the scenes to see what really went on. And I just told myself that if I'm going to do any of this work, and this was, this was before we became a nonprofit, before this became like a thing that, that sustained me financially, I just said, I'm going to be as honest and transparent with people, you know, and they can take it or leave it because I just can't capitulate my integrity or my values and try and pretend that I'm someone that I'm not. You know, that's probably why I answered that question the way that I did, because at the time I was like, yeah, like I'm frankly, I'm still processing this. And I agree with you too, Adrian. Like, I know that feeling of meeting people where you're like, dude, like, fuck you. Like, how can you not be like this? You know? And I think, and it's weird. It's only, it's been a short time, but 
one of our big things is holding space for people, you know, and I think that can be tricky when people like our Facebook group has 7,000 people in it. Right. And all of them are kind of coming from very different stages of what might be deconstruction for them. Some are brand new and like, whoa, I'm, I'm rethinking that maybe the Bible isn't inerrant for the first time. Woohoo. Right. And others are like, if you're not fully affirming and liberationist and decolonizing, you are, you are not getting it. Get the fuck out. Right. And so, okay. That is Stuff that I would agree with, of course, but like it takes time for people to undo and build some new pathways in their brain. And I just know that I wasn't convinced by being called a bigoted asshole. It was people who held space for me and shared their stories that got me to eventually rethink my positions. So, yeah, I mean, I really resonate, I think, with what both of you have said. And it is weird in this like I even hate this language, but whatever this like content creator (laughs) thing, whatever you want to call it. It's a thing outside of evangelicalism, right? Like this is like a social media thing. And so I think one of the benefits actually coming out of evangelicalism and trying to do better is that you're really hyper aware of what a platform can do and what it can do to you or what it can what it can do to other people once you start getting a sense of influence. And so I think that's actually helpful for, for at least as a type six full of fear. It kind of always kept me in check of like, I don't want to become this person. I don't want to mm-hmm. become this person. I want to make sure that whatever we're doing like has integrity behind it all the way through. I mean, one example of that is that's why we became a nonprofit. I was like, I need accountability. We need a board that can oversee me legally and I cannot be a voting member on that board. So I'm not. And they have a board of four people and they oversee me and it's great. And it adds a layer of like accountability. So if I if I go crazy, there's a kill switch like built into the whole machine. So I think there's actually like a benefit there of like what not to do. But at the same time, we all know this, like, you know, you make a post, you, it does shitty. It's kind of in your head, like, damn it. Like, I thought this thing was going to take off. And then I'm, I had this epiphany one day. This is maybe a year ago where I'm like, wait, these are still very much like evangelical metrics that I'm measuring success by. Like, oh, I only gained 100 followers today or, oh, my reel only did whatever many views. I'm like, wait, these are not like these are capitalist measurements. And these are not always these are not a good baseline to go by at all at all. In fact, you will you will live and die by those numbers. They they will ruin your life and you'll get these little sugar rushes when you're when you're, when a video does good and you're, then you're back down in the pits. That is really unfreaking healthy. And also if your content sucks, even if it goes viral, what's the point? What's the fucking point? Are you really helping people? So I think that I've had to kind of keep in that mindset as much as possible. One thing I will say, and I would love your thoughts on this Adrian and Janice. Is that, and I, I want to be careful here because um, I don't want to sound um, any kind of way, especially towards people who follow content that, that they really like. But just like how we can repeat the unhealthy platform leader vibe on this side of the screen, evangelicalism taught a lot of people that all they have to do is be spectators and consume stuff and that they've automatically done the work and that they're doing the work. And I think the social media platform in general lends itself really well to people who just want to consume content and feel like, oh, I'm doing the work. And I do my best to tell people, at least in our account, like, listen, if you're not reading these books, if you're not taking the time to listen and to do the work of you know your own decolonization and your own anti-racist work and your own deconstruction, and you're just consuming content all day, you're kind of also repeating that cycle that we're all trying to get away from. And that can be tough for some folks to hear, but I think we have to like realize that both sides of that coin, we've been given some pretty toxic versions of. And it's important for people to own their shit, right? Including myself, of course, and to make sure that we're, we're all putting the work in. Yeah. Janice, initial thoughts. It's hard for me to 
to like to like understand because I'm I'm a reader and I like I just I like information and I like learning and I, I like thinking. Again, I I approach the only only head I've ever been in is mine, so I just always assume oh everybody <laughs> everybody thinks like this or everybody you know and you're like oh no people don't. Hmm. And so, so I don't know, it's been, it's been interesting just watching, I mean, just looking at the three of us and kind of going in the same direction, but we're all very, very different in how we handle social media, the kind of content we're doing. And I think even, cause I don't, oh uh, yeah, people are spectators and I don't, I don't really care. Like I read, I don't really tell people to read uh, my thing, I guess would be more just still oh, here, but I just like disrupting people's thoughts. Maybe you'll never read a book, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with your theology because I'm gonna just say this say this thing, <laughs> uh, and you're gonna you're gonna think about it. You're not, <laughs> and maybe maybe it won't affect you today, but it's gonna it's gonna stay there. Mm. That's my thing, and I'm kind of uh, maybe it's the foreign me, right? Like you just just get jaded and you just get over stuff, and so like there are days when I'm. If I did it right now, I could walk away from all of this. Like I could just burn this down and and go you could ignite it yeah <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here folks yeah soft launch nice bro it's good <laughs> right and in, and in some ways i am right like yeah. like you're you're finishing this i'm finishing this iteration of of my podcast and just like just getting to the point where it's like oh i didn't know that janice yeah holy shit yeah i didn't know that my heart's broken tim is going to be my final guest of this iteration then adrian you're gonna be my first on the on the next one. Oh, i love that let's go i'm the death adrian's the resurrection <laughs> that's that's how it works that's about right <laughs> um yeah but just just being like okay allowing myself to move on something i've been thinking about a lot lately is just this idea of permanence mm. i think that's that's where religion went wrong like just this idea of eternal anything I'm like, if mm. we, if, if, you know, we get all caught up in our heaven and hell real, like if we never even had that, like if we just knew, no, this, this, this was all, this is it. Maybe there's something, but that doesn't matter. All we know for sure is here. Like just how differently would we live? And it's like, we, we make permanence this, this ideal all the time, like in everything. And it's like, no, you know, even, you know, talking to my mom, well, you used, you used to know the truth. I was eight. Do you really like <laughs> you? You, it, you it, know better, right? Like <laughs> that. That seems good to you. That like I would have just stopped thinking at eight, and like that's that's it. And it's like evangelicalism. The idea was like to get all the answers as fast as possible, and then just stay there forever. Yeah. And it's like no. Now I I think differently about some things, and I just want to I just want to try something else, and it might go terribly and maybe i'll lose this whole thing anyway but that's okay because it was it was a time and it happened and it was great for what it was but nothing is meant to last forever and especially not in one state so just being like no it's okay we can we can move on we can we can yeah think differently we can do differently we can just try things like this is that's what this life is about like it's not trying to get the answers just just have more questions and just follow those questions and See what happens. I'm like really hearing every single thing you're saying, Janice, because I, I think in a similar way, <laughs> I think I think DRCK, like to touch on what you said earlier, Tim, I think DRCK was like the deconstruction conversation for people who don't like to think too much about anything. <laughs> like, I'm not going to think about it too much. 
I always tell people like my belief system is just the cosmic shrug. I have no fucking idea. I don't think about it too hard. It's, it's not yeah. a big of a deal. And what I will say is obviously, right. There is important work that you have to do. And if you're a reader like Janice, then you're going to read books. I'm not really a reader. There's important work that needs to be done, but I love kind of Janice, what you said about it being an experience. Mm. And there is a facet of this life that it's like, I think one thing that my own deconstruction has informed me about is that without the looming presence of hell or the enticing presence of heaven, this moment becomes incredibly important. Yeah. And this moment I'm sharing with you becomes incredibly important. And this moment is so important that it has led me to be like, I'm going to stop talking about it and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go live quietly somewhere and mm. not really talk anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's the foreign me. Maybe that's just the, the romantic. I want to go vanish and grow a beard and become a lumberjack <laughs> like, like old man Logan and Wolverine. Like he just has like a full, totally it. different identity now or like Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. Like he just said, whatever. Um, but I think, and again, I think what I would tell myself is like your version of deconstructing will lead you to become obsessed with the now mm. and you will become obsessed with being present. And you'll become obsessed with not letting a minute go by and not accepting anything that saps you of your joy and no people, no situations, like not spending a, like a iota of my time on things that are making me, making this time go by, kind of vanish. So I don't know if that answered your question, Tim, but I think for me, when I think about in my experience, I definitely can see how people can, you know, maybe just be kind of really passive with it. And I would also say that maybe there, there are people who their deconstruction leads them to kind of a cerebral exercise. And then there are other people who's, who leads them to an experiential one. Yeah, I think my deconstruction led me farther down that like cerebral path, right? Of like, I'm just really nerding out. I, I, the way I phrase it is I'm kind of above ground. I'm like, holy shit, this Christian tradition, this house is so fucking huge. I got to explore these rooms. I'm just so curious, like what black liberation can teach us or process theology, right? I also will say though, I really like what you said, Adrian, because this, a lot of this is both and, right? These aren't binaries, totally. right? We, yeah, we, totally. we need the, we need that, this kind of conversation for all of us to kind of think about yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, you know, Aaron Simmons, he's a philosopher. He just released a new book called Camping with Kierkegaard. And he asked the question, what is worthy of your finitude? Mm -hmm. You know, the idea of like, we're finite beings. What is worthy of that? And what are you giving it to? I'm like, wow, that is such like a, a wonderful question. And Adrian, I'm sure you can relate, but you know, having kids, I'm like, holy shit, there really is no fucking break to life. I mean, I am 35 now uh, and my parents were right. Time does keep moving and time <laughs> flies. And, you know, and I'm watching my kids grow up and I'm like, I don't want to miss out on that shit. And you're right. This I will not be here one day. And that still kind of freaks me out, even being a Christian. Right. I'm like, I don't really know how the other side works. I'm not really sure. Like, you know, if resurrection is like a literal thing. I hope it is. I believe it is. But I can't objectively prove that. That's like an impossible thing to to prove. It's just a, a belief that gives me hope and meaning. So I, I think that's really important for folks like me who maybe are in our head maybe too much, right? And our time is just flying by as we're trying to think about whatever concept or whatever thing we're working on to get a little more in the present because time keeps on ticking, man. It just keeps ticking. And 
if there's one thing that I think deconstruction has taught all of us, it's that nothing really is permanent. Mm. I, for a lot of years, drumming was my entire identity, entire. I lived and breathed drumming and I got really good. Like I got very proficient and I, I to this day play professionally in a band like every weekend. And I'm grateful for that. At the same time, if 23 year old Tim heard me now talk about how I don't really care about drumming a whole lot. I don't really practice anymore. If I make a mistake, it doesn't eat me alive. He'd be like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, like you live and breathe this shit, you know? And I just don't anymore. Like the passion, I feel like I did what I wanted to do with music and that there's really no new hill to climb over. Not that there isn't, of course, there's always something to learn, but I'm just not interested in climbing that next hill. I've just kind of moved on in my life, you know? So I think deconstruction has taught me that don't think that everything is permanent and even your faith journey, right? Some people walk right out the door. That's great. And some people go to the next room. That's great too. And there's just a lot to explore that still involves change no matter where you end up. Tim, has your relationship to like church music changed? Jana, same question to you. Like what's your relationship to church music? Has it changed? <sighs> yeah. I mean, for me, it was like an interesting, it kind of, it's nonlinear. How I feel about it at yes. any given moment. <laughs> it's like a wave, you know. Um, I'll be fully transparent. I was at North Point Church this past weekend. That's Andy Stanley's church. You know, it's a fucking huge mega church. And I visited that church in May. And I haven't been in church in a couple of years. I just haven't gone back. Not really for any reason. I just didn't go back. I enjoyed my Sunday mornings, but I haven't really drummed in that space in a long time. And honestly, like when I stopped drumming in that space, I'm like, good, I'm kind of overplaying the same songs over and over again. I'm, I, I know how these songs work. I played all of them. I know them all. And I have no reason to listen to them, you know, on my own. And in May, I'm, I went to North Point just to check it out. And the band starts and I was just overcome with like very intense emotions. Like it even makes me you know, get choked up talking about it now because it wasn't a sense of like, oh, God's in the room. It was more about like, if I was honest with myself, I was thinking, I fucking miss this. Hmm. I do. Like I miss the routine. I miss waking up early. I miss hanging out with the band. I miss being backstage saying how much we killed that part. I miss putting in the work to just fucking destroy that part as a drummer and just doing my part and being in the pocket. I miss the lights. I miss the emo. I just miss it. And that was like a very tough moment for me of like, yeah, and I'm not sure if I can ever go back or if I ever will go back because my ethics have just shifted so much for a lot of reasons. So my relationship now to music is every now and then I'll look back at my my GoPro videos and just some of the music that I've done in the past that no one knows about that I'm really proud of. And I'll just kind of look at it and reminisce that it was a beautiful time in my life, you know, better than more positive now is how I see it than negative. And I'm grateful for it, but I don't think that time will ever come back. And like you mentioned, Adrian, time keeps moving, you know, and things are finite. And that's just, just another reminder for me that things are finite. How about you, Janice? As a musician, I mean, you are like in the, the epicenter. <laughs> Yeah. At the center of Christian of dream, Jesus music. Yeah, man. Man. I mean, I'm sure, I would, I would assume, Janice, that if you, you could not have been that close to Hillsong for so many years without, at the time at least, having like a love for their thing, which was music, mm -hmm. right? So when you hear like, and they kind of defined that genre, like they were it. Totally. And everything else was templated after, right? So when you hear the songs that are still coming out, maybe like you're scrolling on your phone and like a song will show up or whatever. What's like your initial response these days? Oh, 
I don't know how me and Tim are friends because we are. <laughs> <laughs> he misses it. I hate it. I hate it the most. <laughs> I don't. You know, Kirk Franklin just put out the, this little documentary and his he's about to release another album. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, oh, well, like the subject matter is interesting. So maybe maybe I would listen to the to the album just talking about it. I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like yeah. I can't. There's no I cannot take new Christian anything for me just because the theology is so bad. Like like the beliefs behind it to me are so toxic. It just it just makes me angry. I'm like, this is bad. This is bad art. So I new stuff. I can't hill song. I've gotten to the point now where every once in a while, like one of my friends, Sadiqa, is still super Christian. So she, she'll sometimes like gospel will just come on in her crush. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't care. Like it doesn't, doesn't. Mm. I just objectively think it's not great music. So it annoys me from that, that angle. Um, but like it can, it can be on. It doesn't, doesn't do anything to me or for me. Um, and I love, I just, I just love music. So good music, whatever it is, I'm just going to be about it. But I also like I'm not I'm not great at separating right just art from the artist. Mm. And so because to me the beliefs are so toxic, I just can't stomach a lot of it. You know, to each their own. And if you like it, great. But like I'm not I'm not going to bump it. Um, <laughs> but then there are things like like old Amy Grant. So there's stuff that's like very much from my childhood. Um, like I ran across this old, uh, this artist, Arnell Harris. He had this, this album that my grandma used to listen to all the time. And it's super, it was like, like he came out of, um, like the Gathers and like, so like, it's, it's super, super old school Christian, but like listening to it and I could appreciate it just for the music. I was like, man, like in the, in the eighties, early nineties, just the, the orchestration and just like the use of voice, like just amazing production and so listening to it and then just thinking of my grandma i'm like oh well this is this is attached to her and so i can kind of just ignore the theology and so i can i can enjoy this just for for memory's sake but yeah christian christian music as a whole because then that's a whole other whole other discussion like well, well what makes it christian because i just think any belief the tom bills make it christian <laughs> right. okay we know she's playing the words a thousand times yeah. makes it christian <laughs> right because like i'm that, music i'm working on i'm like like this is this is about my religious experience but it's yeah. not mm. it's it, not christian i think my theory right now is that the lyrics are what make the music bad worship music is a genre where there is an aesthetic to the sound that is just as much as bluegrass is a genre. Like right. worship is a mm. genre. Like you, there's this guy, uh, Alex something, and he does like pop punk covers or like if Blink-182 wrote this song. Yes, you know he's so about? good. He's so good. Yes. And he'll do this thing where like if this song from this band was played by a worship band. And the yes. fact that you can parody that is because is be only because worship is a genre, right? Right. Totally. But those songs, which are like he'll cover like Blink-182 and the aesthetic of a worship song, I'm like, that's fucking slaps. It slaps. And it's, and it's not because, and but it slaps despite itself. Right. <laughs> and so so I, I think there's a part of me, I don't miss worship music, but there's a part of me that it's kind of like uh, you still, if you like chocolate, like you like no matter where chocolate shows up, you're like, I could, I get it. And so it's the lyrics that are the part that I hate. Yes. And so I'm wondering, I'm like waiting for the right, 
people who can make the music that tangibly feels like I can emote and feel maybe meditative and feel elated or feel somber. All of those things like ride that wave, but it doesn't come tethered to honestly any sort of kind of Christian conversation. Like, mm. don't even mention Jesus. Leave him out of it. It's cool. Give me the pads. Give me the toms. <laughs> give me the swells. Leave Jesus out, man. He's cool. Let him hang out, you know, with the other songs. I totally agree. Like, yeah, the lyrics, I don't, whatever. I mean, most of, most of those lyrics are just really lame And also some of the melodies suck, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I may, Maybe this is like a, I, I don't want to assume, but maybe this is a drummer thing where because I was like building the grooves and like all the beats and a lot of those beats are just really, even though they're simple, some of them are very creative and very intentional and they're very dynamic, which is kind of like a drummer's dream, like, you know, to, to do all that stuff and just to hit these huge like halftime breakdowns. I will also say that as a drummer, gospel music, those drummers are on such a next level. Like Israel Hooten's stuff, especially his live stuff, the drummers on those albums are like some of the most top tier drummers, period, like Chris mm-hmm. Coleman and others. And so listening bassist, to them like, is just like, yeah, right. And I'm crazy. like, right. So for me, I'm already used to tuning out vocals anyway, like, because I'm always listening to the drums. So <laughs> it's really easy to be like, what are they singing about? Don't give a shit, but this drummer <laughs> fucking slaps and play it again because that feel was so nasty. So I think there's that part. And there's also, I think, just the experience of playing that music on a stage with the band and like the MD shit and you know building the I don't know why I don't know why my my brain's informed this way but I just miss doing that it's not so much about the worship of God that part is like whatever for me especially right now it's it's the experience of doing that together with people and like creating those moments that other people seem to at least in in that moment benefit from and I can tell you playing in a cover band that um in like you know really high end like bars and I play in uh, in casinos all the time and we play in front of a lot of people it is not the same feeling playing to a crowd who wants to hear you play in sync even though they know all the lyrics <laughs> It's a different vibe than like what I was doing at my church for a lot of reasons, you know? And sure. I think the more I do the cover band stuff, the more I'm like, this is cool, but like I still kind of miss the experience of what I was doing before, even with those, you know, problematic. Can we talk about how uh, if you exist in the deconstruction space for any amount of time, someone will inevitably go, why can't we just have like a church full of, all of the same stuff, but like, it's not Jesus. And it's just like deconstruction people. And my knee jerk reaction is who's going to pastor it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause right. if there's a pastor, I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, I will do it as the white man of the group. I will step up. I will He's volunteer like, oh, as tribute. I will, martyr. Yeah. I will bear my cross. Martyr. I will bear my cross. <laughs> He's had it too hard for too long. <laughs> Amen. Boys out. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the boys out. <laughs> That's great. That's just the name of, of our prayer breakfast for boys only. Boys you understand, only, I'm sure. You yeah. yeah, exactly. You have your own thing, Janice. Um, they, they, you know, it's girl zone. Obviously, they have to do tea or some shit. I don't know what. what and knit. I don't, I don't know, know what the fuck they force people to do. <laughs> Let's do this. So, if there's anything else, kind of closing thoughts about your own experience, what surprised you? What would you tell someone who is hearing this going, oh, I, I'm just starting this thing. Janice, what would you maybe leave someone with? Yeah, what would you leave someone with? Again, the time is going to pass. 
give it time. Because like coming coming into the space, I know. I mean, I came into the space and kind of my platform just kind of grew at the same. So I didn't I didn't really get the chance to uh, trauma bond and trauma unload a lot of people before people started doing it to me. (laughs) There came a point where I was like, oh, like people have stories and people want to tell their stories. But because platform culture and because we're coming out of these spaces, like people kind of think they have to say it to someone important, like like it, it, me hearing your story doesn't make it more real. Me, me saying you did air quotes around it when you said important. <laughs> That's why I want to know. Yeah. Janice did very large air quotes around important. Yeah, yeah. Like, like again, people people come out looking for new pastors, looking for new leaders, yep. and wanting to confess, wanting to get validation from an authority figure. And you don't, you don't need that. Your story. Your story matters. Your story counts. Whoever hears it, whoever whoever doesn't, and people are just people. The people who were at the top of this game, right? <laughs> when we came in, a lot of them aren't aren't here now, or they're not in my feed. They're not on my timeline because it's like, oh no, we just we just went in different directions, and we just yeah, we we just went in different directions. Time reveals all, right? So like, I wouldn't have, I would have never predicted this. Right, like, oh, I'm sitting here with Adrian and Tim, and these are my friends, and this is this is pretty, this is normal. I did not see that in 2020, right? Yeah. Like, if there were people who were like, ooh, ooh, maybe I should get next to this person, or it would be cool to be their friend. Nothing played out the way that I thought it would. Yeah. Give it time, because people people are going to be revealed as who they are, and yourself included, and the things that seem so important and so crucial right now probably aren't and if and if it is if you feel this strongly and you have to tell your story right now give it a week then give it another week like your story is still going to be there and it's it's still going to stay give people time time and space to show who they are for better and worse and to find find your people find your community because we are all in flux and we are all changing constantly um, and so, yeah, if you're trying to make something happen or if you just feel like, oh, this is this is the person I need to talk to or I have to uh, let it breathe because we all matter <laughs> and none of us matter at all. And we're all. <laughs> yeah, we're all just out here. That's the most Enneagram 4 thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we all matter <laughs> and none of us matter. We're all just out here. Yeah, at first I was like, yeah, you're right, Janice. Wait, what? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Wait, no, that's perfect. <laughs> wow. That's perfect. That's, that's on brand. That's so on brand. I, I feel like, Janice, I feel like you and I are similar in that after evangelicalism, any semblance of authority, you're immediate. I'm immediately like, what you doing? What you doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. Stop. Stop. You know, my friend, don't, don't, you know, um, yeah. and I feel like, and as you were talking about it, I was thinking about this. If that's you. And you were the kind of person leaving evangelicalism and you are now, you kind of see authority in spiritual spaces completely different. You probably should get okay really quick with the fact that you may never have a pastor dynamic again. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're like, thank God, fucking finally. <laughs> but maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, I kind of liked having yeah. like a camp. I kind of liked having like a leader and I kind of liked having like a go to, you know, but once you see, you can't, like, you can't unsee, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if your brain gets wired in a way where you're like immediately tilted sideways around authority, like 
kind of have to be okay with you may never find that again like you just might not let yourself find that again yeah. mm. sorry I, you said it so good and i was like oh god i need to say this one thing sorry janice thanks for letting me riff amazing amazing you're amazing we're all amazing oh tim how about you buddy what's um what's like a i don't know closing thoughts yeah I would say two things because you mentioned people maybe who are new to deconstruction or something like that, you know, number one, be very patient with yourself. And even when it's really scary, keep going. I promise there is a hump to that and it gets a lot less scary once you get kind of over that initial hump. And it actually gets, I would argue, much more freeing, like in so many ways. So if you're terrified now, it's understandable. I was terrified, I'm sure. You know, Adrian and Janice can tell you when, how they were, were feeling when this all happened. And that is very normal. And that is one of the benefits of the online space is that you can find people and see yourself and also find, you know, private Facebook groups just to be able to communicate uh, how you're feeling and probably have people say, yeah, we get it. You're seen. So that's really good. The other thing I would say is I know and I understand, and it's true, that we have all experienced some form of evangelical fundamentalism. You know, this idea of like, we have an objective truth that is infallible that everyone else must convert to. If you're not careful, you can become a fundamentalist all over again, just with a new gospel. And I think in my travels, I've met fundamentalists who are a little more progressive. I've met fundamentalists who are atheists and on and mm -hmm. on it goes. And fundamentalism is not unique to Christianity or to evangelicalism. Of course, in our culture, it's, I think, the most damaging form of fundamentalism for sure. But uh, fundamentalism exists in other spaces. And it's important, I think, that we always approach things with curiosity and trying to rehumanize the conversation instead of turning back into a new form of dogma that gives us another superiority complex of, oh, why can't everyone just be like me? Uh, that leads to, I think, ultimately some pretty unhealthy spaces. I'm not talking about human rights or how we advocate for you know queer inclusion or fighting for or fighting against the Christian nationalist fascism that we're seeing now. I'm talking about how we approach our own beliefs, how we communicate our beliefs, how we communicate what we're advocating for, and remembering that we can always be wrong on things, and that's okay. I think that's a real danger. And the last, last thing I'll say, and I'll stop. Sorry, but this came to me is that not everyone in the spaces that you find yourself in at first have to be long-term relationships. I definitely, not because of any negative or terrible reason, but there's definitely been, like you said, Janice, accounts or maybe people, but I've just kind of drifted away from it and like, I was okay with that. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I respect this person, I respect what they're doing. For me, it's not really my vibe. I think maybe it's a little too, whatever, maybe fundamentalist or just too harsh or not really doing the work I think that it's necessary. So, you know, I'll support them from afar. And of course, you know, like their stuff when necessary, but I'm just going to kind of move on, you know, and, and find maybe some other people who maybe I drive with better. And that is okay. That is absolutely okay. You are allowed to um, not find everyone helpful. You're allowed to have your opinions about people's content, including ours, including mine, of course, and you don't have to follow it. You know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to support it. It's okay. So I think that's important. I think when you first lose a community, you find a new one online, like, oh, we all are thinking the same way. Then you start seeing some rifts. You're like, well, I don't want to push back. And I'm not sure. Do I have to accept this in order to be in the crew? You don't. And that the is crew. a okay. Yeah. <laughs> you crew. don't have to be a part of the crew. Yeah. Meeting every Wednesday night. <laughs> At seven o'clock. Perfect. Yeah, ignite, right? Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, yeah, merge five six. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, poison. Perfect. Yeah, boys up, boys up. My name is Nick, and I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I was born into the evangelical church and was raised in it and stayed in the faith until a couple years ago. I'm 42 now. 
What I would have told my young self is that you won't lose everything when you leave. My family and my faith and everything, my community, and especially once I was married and had kids, everything was all connected. And I felt like I couldn't leave one. It was like a game of Jenga. If I, if I pulled one, everything else would collapse. That fear kept me small and kept me in unhealthy relationships and cycles. And I am on the other side of it now. And I'm doing better than I ever have and would have imagined I could be doing. And so I would have told myself, it's okay to leave toxic or abusive situations or people or relationships. And honestly, you're gonna be better for it because staying in an abusive environment and trying to heal is like trying to dry off while you're still standing in the ocean. You know, you're just gonna keep getting wet over and over again and it's not until you leave the water that you can start to dry off and get perspective and heal. Hey, this is Crystal Cheatham of our Bible app and I'm in Philadelphia. If I had to go back and tell my past self about deconstruction, I would tell her that it doesn't start in a church. After I started to leave Seventh-day Adventism, I immediately started church crawling and started hopping around to different denominations and looking for the same structure to feed like something new. It's like you can't use old wineskins for new wineskins, something about that in the Bible. Anyway, I discovered that I found my faith when I found my community and I found my people. I found the queer community. I found progressive theologians. I went on a hunt outside of church and that's where that's where I truly, truly, truly found my faith. So good question and thanks for asking. Hi, my name is Kara and I'm located in North Georgia. What would I go back and tell my past self about deconstruction? Deconstruction isn't linear. There will be days along the way you'll want to run back because it's all you know. It's okay to be angry. Anger is a necessary emotion to deconstruct. Try not to be so afraid of it. You can feel anger and still make your way towards some sort of peace. Be gentle with yourself. It's normal to feel shame around deconstruction when shame is what controlled you for most of your life. Deconstruction will take so much longer than you think. Some parts will feel resolved in the first year. Some parts will take a greater part of a decade. And some parts will continue to ebb and flow. And that's okay. Some people will deconstruct and return to church. You deconstructing and not returning doesn't mean you did it wrong. And is there anything I'd do differently? I wish I had deconstructed earlier, but I also don't think I would have met my partner if I had, who has been such a support through the process despite the differences in our experiences. I felt the urge to deconstruct for a few years before taking any action because I was so scared of what I would lose. And it was my partner who affirmed me and gave me the support I really needed to take that first step. Aside from that, I just wish I had been more vocal about identifying issues and problematic behaviors within my church. The worst thing that really would have happened is that I would have been cast out, which now I know I would have survived. Hi, my name is Silas from Eastern Kentucky. I started deconstructing about three years ago now in November 2020. And I think if I could tell myself from back then a few things he needed to hear, it would be 
Be kind to everyone around you. Just because you are ready to start asking some of these questions, it doesn't mean the people close to you are, and it's not gonna be helpful for them if you push them. Everyone's at a different place. Also, be brave and don't lose hope. Even if everything you're afraid of happens, you lose your relationship, have to leave where you're living, you lose your faith, it will not be the end of you and you will survive. Hey, it's Carla from Maryland. So much has happened since my deconstruction. I wanna say my whole life has been a deconstruction, trying to find the place where I fit in most until I realized in October 2019 that it was outside of the church. If I can give any advice to my former self is that the rejection that you felt from your friends and your family about changing the way that you lived or believe about yourself is the biggest gift that you could ever receive. Knowing that really all you had to do was look within you sounds arrogant at first, but it's really life-changing. I lost a sibling this year, and going through deconstruction prior to that, I wanna say, saved me. It's completely changed my perspective, and it doesn't take away the pain, but it makes me understand it a whole lot better. So yeah, there is hope, former Carla, or anybody else who's on position. It's never a bad idea to choose yourself. My name is Meg. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I was a pretty intense church kid. Never missed a church camp, never missed a mission trip, and ended up becoming a youth pastor after I graduated college. And that was by design. I, in eighth grade, decided that God was telling me I needed to go into youth ministry. And I was uh, an intense subscriber of the idea that I am inherently bad and evil because I think it's pretty easy to walk away from growing up in church with that mindset. Um, but I just always looked around and thought that other people were experiencing something more than I was and having these transcendent moments. And I just thought God hated me. And I really worked myself into this place where I hated myself and I didn't like who I was. And then I found myself in a place where I was teaching the same things that I didn't entirely realize had hurt me, but I was teaching them to middle school and high school kids. And I got really burnt out. I had been on and off anxious and depressed for a decade since high school, really because of feeling like God hated me. And then I came to a point where I was like, I don't really believe any of this. I quit my job at the church and let myself think about what I want for the first time. And I explored dating and I explored new hobbies and let myself not feel guilty about wanting to sleep in on a Sunday and feel like I found myself for the first time in my life. I really wish I could go back because there were multiple times where I maybe felt like I was on the brink of being entirely done. And I wish that I could go back and just tell myself like, it's okay, let yourself take a break, take a step back. Maybe you're gonna see that you are more okay with yourself, you are more confident, you are more self-sufficient than maybe you thought because that's where I've ended up on the other side of deconstruction. I think the idea of community and belonging. I posted the episode topic and the bad apple started sending in their thoughts and you're going to hear it in the episode. Shout out to Del Breezy for doing all those edits because that's a lot of work. Yeah. Way to go, producer Del Breezy. One of the things that comes up often is people would tell themselves like, you will find community again. 
And I think that is the scariest thing because a lot of people, their identity is a package deal, their friends, their relationships, sometimes their spouses, right? Their, you know, their work oftentimes, right? Like all of that stuff all came prepackaged with the Jesus fish on it. And when you lose one, you lose all of it. And so you can very quickly go, I need to replace everything all at once in this exact way. I need to have a new set of people who I hang out with every week and a new set of people who I'm texting all day, every day. I need to have a new set of, I need to exactly replace one for one what I had. And I would say, it's probably not gonna work like that. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. I think what you'll find is, it's like when you go to a party, you realize you have different commonalities with different people. And then you can talk to different people in different ways because you connect with them at different levels. And I think in the deconstruction space, before you deconstruct, it feels like everyone's saying the exact same thing because everyone has been programmed to say and think the same way. And so you just get used to same music and the same movies and the same activities and the same conversations. Mm. When you come out of that, you now have to kind of parse out those facets of yourself. And that's totally fine. You know, like I can talk to Janice about comedy and sketches and, and like writing content, which is the reason why I found you, Janice, was because you just put yourself out there and you were just making good shit. And I didn't follow you. I started listening to your stuff because, oh, well, she's also a deconstructed person. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You just, so then you connect. So now Janice and I connect on that level. And then Tim, like talking about music and like playing, like that's right. Like I was a worship leader for a lot of years. I'm sure we could talk for ages about that stuff. Yeah. And that is what you'll probably find is that like, you need to be okay with maybe just having little pockets. Like you're like, you kind of become the kid at school who maybe doesn't have one table that they sit at at lunch. And that said, you will eventually get to a place where like you will find friends who you can probably spend a lot of time with. That's I'm not saying that it's not going to exist anymore, but it's, it's not the same. And I think, I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's okay to realize that online is limited. And this is a real tension for me because I know in a lot of ways, People finding other people online has been, in some ways, a literal lifesaver for them. So I I don't want to discount the power of the online world. I also believe that it's not the ultimate replacement for in-person proximity friendships. I also realize at the same time that many people find this space because they've lost that. And I, as someone who experienced it, I know incredibly how painful it is. So I think there's a real like tension that people have to navigate that only they can navigate. I can't tell how how to navigate it for them of like, hey, this is really helpful. Also, I do recognize that everyone can create their own version of themselves that they want everyone else to see. I would say deep community takes time to build. It takes mistakes made. It takes some messiness. It takes, you know, even some sometimes we get a little offended, right? Like, hey, that really hurt what you said. And that's easier to navigate in person than it is in a Facebook community, right? So I think it's important to realize that and it's not a good or bad, it's not a moral judgment, it's just the reality of digital anything. Yeah, and I'd add to that, say a lot of us, a lot of us ended up in this space because of skepticism. Keep that skepticism. Like, mm-hmm. like don't, don't come out and again, oh, this is my new, ah, oh, my new evangelical leader. This is my new hey. favorite person and they're, they're perfect <laughs> and always like, we're not. There's, yeah. there's a lot of trash bags out here. Present company excluded. 
<laughs> everything takes time and so give it time and so like if 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 i were going to give a you know tips for what to watch out for in deconstruction it's like like you have have your faves but again stay skeptical and realize that people are just people like tim said online online is limited and i know for myself and for both of you like like part of the reason i love and trust you guys is because you have real lives and like yeah like like you're not just just these people on the screen yeah i just know oh no they they have friends outside of this they have interests outside of this they they do things outside of this and they're real people so just just be skeptical and if someone is just online all the time and that's all you see it's not a judgment call but like just just be aware yeah, if someone like like that was their whole personality and it happens, I'll meet people. It's kind of like that's you know what it is? It's the same thing if a person's whole personality is their Christianity. Yeah. And you know that the Christianity is contingent upon you getting saved, then it makes you question your actual validity as a friendship. You're like, am I just a like a number? Right. You know, am I just like a follower or a right. platform opportunity or right. like a networking opportunity or whatever? Yeah. When I see people who have like lives completely outside of that space, it's easier to trust. You, you totally hit it. Man, this conversation went way longer than I expected. Tim, I am so sorry. Thank you for giving me all this time. I mean, is it too late for you? Do you have time for one last segment? Listen, I bear my cross for you, Adrian. Okay. I mean, will my wife be up at 4.30 in the morning tomorrow to go to the gym and I'm up with the kids at 6 a.m.? Sure. Is it worth it? Fuck yeah. So let's just do it. I mean, listen, what, what is 15 more minutes? I'm fucked already. It doesn't matter. That's true. You know? That's like, true. It doesn't so matter. While we're here. It doesn't matter. And Janice is a night owl. She's a night cat. She's, you're cool. Oh, good. We're just getting started. Yeah, we're just getting started. We have a whole other episode after this. It's crazy because I really am a night person. I mean, my mornings, I am just like, I'm a nightmare. I'm a disaster, uh, if not for my children. But yeah, I normally, too, I'm with you, Janice. I'm like, let's midnight, baby. Let's let's start playing Mario Kart. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but kids changes that dynamic, whether you like it or not. Yeah, true that. <laughs> true that. Well, you know what dynamic does not change? It is a dynamic. <laughs> Flawless transition. I've been doing this for years. Nice. Professional, somewhat professional podcaster. One dynamic that does not change is the love of things we sip, and we smoke, and we read. All right, Janice, Tim, this is a segment called Sip, Smoke, Read. This segment is where we talk about what are we sipping, what are we smoking, what are we watching, what are we listening to, what are we reading, what are we engaging in, what are we doing just to get us through these unprecedented times, which, man, some precedented times would be great. Right, Janice? <laughs> if you just know like where one. to find some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, a precedented time. This I'd like one. to try it. I'd like to try it. Please. Bring back Mitt Romney, damn it. I mean, <laughs> how far have we come? Jesus. <laughs> like, I missed the guy. So for Sips Book Read, what I'll do is I'll, I'll kick us off and just kind of talk through it, and then we'll go, we'll go from there. So um, there's a couple things I want to 
give some shout outs to in my hiatus, my number of months have been away. There've been a couple bad apples who have been really, really cool. Um, one bad apple, Jordan sent me a deck of tarot cards. Mm-hmm. I had been talking to multiple people and it was like Lucy Dacus or there's a number of people who are like, oh, like tarot cards, you got to do tarot cards. And I was like, oh man, that sounds interesting. Sounds like someone's deconstructing. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That's the slippery slope, folks. You heard That's it right a slippery here. Slope. Jeez, from worship leader to tarot card puller. This is the story of Adrian. Witchcraft. From witchcraft. worship to witchcraft. <laughs> worship to witchcraft. The Adrian story. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to, to Jordan for sending me the deck of tarot cards. I can't say I've been like pulling like crazy, but it was just an incredibly kind gesture. It's like when someone hears what you say and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. And they go, hey, I would love to be the person to introduce you to the dark arts. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Like, you know, I would like to be your Severus Snape. That's like, you know, thank you, Jordan, for being my Severus Snape. As far as things I'm consuming, there is a coffee from a roaster called Slow Bloom. Shout out to Melody or hooking me up with that coffee, introducing me to it. Slow Bloom is like a, it's a coffee shop that's owned by all the people that work there. It's a, a, a true collective. Not only is it great to support, but the coffee is fucking outstanding. So check out Slow Bloom, pick up a bag. This is not a sponsored post, but I mean, I got a, I got a bag of coffee, so it's kind of sponsored, I guess. But I mean it though, I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't any good. Some music. So I went to, I saw Blink-182. <gasps> you did? I love Travis Parker, he's my hero. I cried. I saw Blink-182 and man, if junior high, no, if middle school Adrian who had to like hide his CD under like oh, yeah. his bed could see me now just fucking having the time of my life. It was absolutely great. Um, lesson learned though. I thought I was going to be cool by getting floor seats. Don't get floor seats. No? No. I'm short. Oh, I'm Don't tall. I'm 6'4". Um, I'm the, must be, oh, I would have fucking hated you if you were on the floor seats in front of me. Yeah, I'm the guy that you probably hate in the crowd. I'm so yeah, sorry. Like, at least put me on your shoulders, bitch. Yeah. Like, at least prop a man up. At least offer, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. the trick, if you're, if, you're, if you're a short king like me, the trick is to be the last row before the floor. You know, just be the last row before the floor. So there's no one in front of you. You're like a little above the Tims of the world and you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, and I felt bad for Alyssa, my wife. She's 5'4", and so she really couldn't see. And it was like, oof, it's, it's tough out here, y'all. I'm having a hard time. Um, but the show is great. A couple other uh, bands. Um, Sammy Ray and the Friends is a band. I had never heard of Sammy Ray and the Friends. Kind of like uh, soul pop. Nice. Maybe. Kind of like, like fun. It reminds me of, you know, Lake Street Dive. Kind of similar to Lake Street Dive. Lake Street Dive is like modern, modern Motown, sort of. Okay. Really, really fun instrumentation. So yeah, Sammy Ray and the Friends. The band called The Night Game, who I started listening to. I'm a, I'm a big fan of The Midnight, which is like 80s synthy kind of dreamscape type music. And so The Night Game is actually from the singer from a band, Boys Like Girls. Oh, yeah. He has a side project called The Night Game, which is all like 80s vibey music. Makes you pine for a time in which you've never lived. Noted. You know? The good old days when Ronald Reagan was president, you know? <laughs> Skateboarding down to the arcade. Yeah, I never did that. I never did that. My, my mom's Filipino. She never would have let me do that shit. <laughs> and then two other sets of musicians that I'm music I listen to. I listen to the Teskey Brothers and Noah Kahan. Kahan? I don't know how you pronounce the last name. It's like kind of indie folky music. I'm experiencing my first autumn in North Carolina. My first, oh. like the family I collectively experiencing the first autumn. So folk music is kind of the soundtrack to autumn. You know what I mean? 
We know, right, you know, Janice? Little, little bunny mm-hmm. there. Little Taylor Swift. What? I'm That's sorry. I'm sorry. Music. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Taylor you know Swift. what I'm talking about. That's not you know, classic, famous folk musician Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor's version. <laughs> yeah. And then last but not least, there's one book that I read. Uh, it's a book that I found on Book Talk. It's taken the world by storm. It's called Fourth Wing. I'm like a like a nerdy, like a fantasy, but not like Samarillian deep fantasy. I want like kind of easy breezy fantasy. Like don't make me confused with all of your lore. Like, like the Boxburg children <laughs> fantasy, right? Just like super basic, you know, <laughs> elementary school level boxcar stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One with pictures. Yeah. Ideally, more That's pictures. That's me, man. That's me all the That's way. That's my kind of reading. Berenstain Bears are bust, am I right? <laughs> so Fourth Wing is like, it's like a fantasy book and it's got dragons. That is a book that if HBO wants my take, my two cents, then I would recommend that you make Fourth Wing, you adapt Fourth Wing into a show. Is it that would be fucking great? Anyway, uh, so that is it for me, Janice. What are you sipping, smoking, reading, watching? Talk to us. Sipping <laughs> a thing right now is uh, McDonald's frozen cokes, two dollars oh, any size, go. and it's just. <laughs> Is that is that right? Yeah. In New York City? Yeah. What's the tax? Like 35%? In this economy? <laughs> in this economy. <laughs> $2 like, plus $10 to... in tax in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's it's a steal, man. I have to do it. I have to I do have it. You not? Just, You're losing money not. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I agree it's just with a that. Little, a little daily pleasure. It's a nice little, nice little treat. Smoking. Not much, really. Yeah, and when I am, I never know what it is. It's just because <laughs> you're a good Christian. Whatever, I'm the best Christian there ever was. That's why they want me back so bad. Um, <laughs> they do want you back. That's why I keep praying for you, Janice. Come back yeah, to the fold. Janice, you would be the ultimate win. Like every youth pastor, every college pastor, like you know, we got got Janice back. <laughs> Got her back. And for that reason, I never will. It's a matter of principle. You can't. <laughs> Typical type four. There it is. You like, can't. Principle. Yeah. Even if I want to, I will not. I will yeah, not. You can. And I, to be clear, I do not want to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't really. I have been. I have been in in my own head so much mm. for the past few months with storytelling, with music, with just trying to figure out. Again, how to escape from capitalism and what what I want to do. So <laughs> all the things that I'm reading are things that I'm writing. Nice. I love that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm man, thinking, thinking a lot about creation narratives and just kind of kind of how this all began and just just got my own folklore going on over here. Um, working, working on some music. So I will hype up my friend, Aaron, a breezy, the kid, he, I don't even know like what music genres are anymore. Cause everything is so fused. Yeah. And whenever you call it, someone will DM you. You're wrong. That's the wrong genre. It's like, okay, my bad. <laughs> relax, nerd. Yeah, relax, nerd. <laughs> right. So it's like emo, emo, pop, rap. Oh. That sounds great. Yeah, seriously, sign me up. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but he is he's 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 a genius. So his his album, what's it called? The kid. What is it? He, he's a breezy the kid. But he and I are working on some music together. Uh, let me see. Kid Kids City was his album, like 2017. That 
I just love. Nice. So yeah, I've listened to that. Haven't really been, haven't really had like the the brain space to watch anything new to like take in new information. So it's just been like Bob's Burgers, <laughs> just just on a loop. Nice. My partner loves Bob's Burgers. What's not to love? <laughs> <laughs> are you the kind of creative Janice who, when you are working, you don't consume outside content as much? If it's close to what I'm doing, yeah. Because I'm like, do I it. don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm like, no, these are my ideas. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is all mine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't, can't look at that. Don't want to look at that. Don't want to. You're gonna corrupt it. You're gonna corrupt my soup. You're right. gonna corrupt my sauce. Like, get away. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, over the next couple of months, put some some stuff out there, and people people can sip, smoke, read what I've been working on. Yeah. That's yeah, just been very very in my own head. I love it. Tim, best for last. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, w- w- sip, smoke, and drink. Okay. Um, no, it's, it's, it's really, at this point, it's just, a, it's just an umbrella. Thank you. So whatever falls under that umbrella. <laughs> Am I allowed to say I'm a basic bitch when it comes to sipping? Am I allowed to say that on, on the air? Yeah, Because, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's you're like a, water. Appletini girl? It's water. Oh, okay. And it is yeah. maybe coffee. Um, and I don't even care about, about my quality anymore. That, that's how far I've deconstructed. When I was in my heavy evangelical <laughs> days, I used to work at a, at a coffee shop and I really gave a shit about a pour over and, you know, making sure my, my, um, espresso was, you know, poured just right. Now I'm like Seven Eleven blueberry coffee. Sign me the fuck up. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Two bucks. Every seven coffee is free with the app. Hell yeah, brother. I'm in. You just convinced a lot of people to not deconstruct. <laughs> It was a ploy. He's a double double agent. Reverse psychology. Double agent. It worked. Here at Ignite. Look what happened to me. I'm drinking 7-Eleven coffee. I don't even care. (laughs) Um, I will say shout out to Mad Priest Coffee, though. I'm a big fan of their stuff. They're hilarious. Uh, Their branding's great, and their coffee's wonderful. Michael's over in Chattanooga. But yeah, I mean, my my I don't drink really anything besides water or coffee. As far as I guess music and stuff, you know, I'm. It's crazy how you become what you swore you never would become. You know, my dad would put on classic rock. I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of the same song. It's been like 30 years. And here I am like, oh, yeah, this album from 2001 still rips. I'm like, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> oh, yes, it was to me. It was two fucking decades ago. What are your bands? What are your So, ba- what are your t- you know, I listen to a lot of Protest the Hero. I love Protest the Hero. They're like a hardcore, like, prog band. I love Dirty Loops. Dirty Loops absolutely slap. Their mixes are really great. Good. Their arrangements are fucking next level. And they're like musicians' music, but they're also poppy. So, like, you know, you're franking get into them. And you're like, if only you knew, bro, what's really going on underneath of this. If I really want to go, like, and just have a total brain fuck, I'll put on some of, like, Animals as Leaders. That's, like, the real heavy progressive metal shit, all instrumental that just melts my brain. I also like... um Nate Smith is the drummer, Corey Wong, uh, Fearless Flyers. Their shit is really good, too. So, you know, I like that. And then I'll still rock Under Oath. I'll still rock Emery. You know, I'll still put on an album. I'm just like, I want to be angry at my ex-girlfriend from 25 years ago. So Emery it is. And yeah, I'm fucking mad at you again, even though I haven't thought about you in five years. So there's that. So yeah, I'm rocking that. As far as as far as TV, I will say uh, a couple of shows that I've really gotten into. Um, I love the morning show on Apple TV Plus. Oh, so yeah. fucking good. I lied. I did. I did start watching. Okay, that that, that show oh. it slaps. Also, another banger on Apple TV Plus. There's actually two more. Uh, Foundation is really good, 
And then mm-hmm. the show Severance is maybe the best show I've seen on television in maybe five years or more. It is so good. Is it like back? No, it's not back yet. And there's rumors that okay, it might not okay. come back as they were fighting on set, which honestly breaks my heart because the first season is so good. Um, yeah. I also like junk TV. I watch everything Gordon Ramsay. Hell's Kitchen, check. MasterChef, <laughs> check. MasterChef <laughs> Junior, check. Hell's Kitchen. Wait a minute. Yes. Sorry, continue. Kitchen Nightmares, it's back after 10 years. <laughs> check. I'm caught up. So I love that. Absolutely. And then That's all Gordon Ramsay? That's all Gordon Ramsay, dude. The guy has so, a So Janice Legata. Gordon Ramsay is the Janice Legata of uh, yeah. of cooking. Yeah, he's a fucking empire. Like he's Janice. Every, is. Every, an empire. Yeah. Truly an empire. In everything. He has his own production studio. Like at the end nice. of the show, it's like Ramsay <laughs> Studios produced this. I'm like, holy shit, Gordon. Good Hell for you. Yeah. As he should. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say is I watch a lot of documentaries, a shit ton of them. I just got an early screening of the new um, uh, sh- uh, documentary coming out on National Geographic about John Chow. He's the guy who was a missionary who got killed mm. by the people that he tried to visit in uh, in India. Oh, shit. So I watched that. It's not out yet, but it was pretty fucking powerful. And I thought they did a really good job giving non-Christians a, a, an, an honest insight to what makes people like that tick and also showing the major problem and fanaticism of like the missions movement. So that was really good. And then I just finished the Savior Complex on HBO about that girl Renee and like her mm-hmm. thing in Uganda with no white saviors. That was a very fascinating three-part episode, which I blew through. So anyway, so that's what I am uh, watching. And then lastly, what I'm reading, one of the problems about doing a podcast is in the beginning, you're like, wow, people will send me free books. That's so cool. (laughs) Then like a month later, you have a stack this big and you're like, shit, I'm never going to read them all. (laughs) But I did just get this book. This book is called Good Book, How White Evangelicals Saved the Bible to Save Themselves. This is by Jill Hicks Keaton. She's a biblical scholar and she has great reviews. This is the book. So I just got this in. I'm looking forward to reading that. And I also have Andrew Whitehead's new book on tap uh, about American uh, Christian nationalism. Andrew Whitehead's like one of the leading scholars on Christian nationalism. So that's kind of what I'm reading right now. I don't read fiction at all. It's all this shit. And always has been, even when I was a kid. I love how you get like highly academic books and I get arrow cards. <laughs> well, you know, one's a Christian, one's great. not. You see the fruit. <laughs> you see the fruit. You can judge the tree, baby. Judge the tree. <laughs> yeah, I had, there, there was someone that and like. And I still sent, can't read. Judge the fruit. You hear that deconstruction people? Yeah. Well, listen, this has been an absolute pleasure. I want to give everyone an opportunity to do some plugs, you know, talk to people. Tim, where can people, you know, connect with you, partake of your content, interact with you, tell us all the things. Oh, that's really kind. Yeah. Anywhere that the new evangelicals are is pretty much us. Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I'm mostly active on Instagram, YouTube, for sure. A lot of like long form reaction videos and podcasts. So happy to de- my DMs are open. We respond to every DM. So reach out. Awesome. And Janice, I need you to say this more. So there is a new, a turning of a chapter. There is. Tell the people listening at home, what's what's going on? Yeah, so I'm, it's going to be like one of those retirements that is not a retirement. I'm changing everything <laughs> and then all that's different is the, the same music. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm taking the Dirty Rotten Jerch Kids uh, really theme song. Really taken. <laughs> no, so, so my podcast, my theme, you know, is 
God has not given us the spirit of fear. That was that was the verse, but uh, I got these from somewhere. So, you know, I was talking with friends about fears that we were given and ways that we were finding power, love, and sound mind. Um, and up to this point, it has been very kind of, how did we get here? So this is where we are. And then looking back and yeah, what happened to you? Why, mm. why are you here? And a lot of that was because in the beginning I was looking for, for validation and, and not just for all of us to prove, oh, it wasn't just me. And I wasn't, I wasn't crazy. I wasn't the problem at this point. I don't need validation anymore. I don't, I don't care for it. Um, so I don't really want to talk about where we came from anymore. Mm. I want to talk about where we are and where we're going and talking it out of like, Oh, I, I know, I know what we're doing next. Um, so this next, next season, this next iteration is basically going to be building a new Bible. Like my, my thought, my theology at this point is if, it, if I can't stumble upon it just in nature, just in life, then it can't, it can't be that important. It can't, it can't matter that much. Um, mm. And you know, the Bible has been used to do so much damage and it's, it's fine, right? It's there. It's, it is what it is, but like, you can't, you can't tell me that I should be more invested in the words of David than Beyonce, right? Like to, mm. to pretend that, that divinity was only speaking to people back then and not now that just feels insane. And so divinity is still speaking. So my question this season would be like, all right, what would you take out of the Bible and what would you add to it? What verse, what chapter, what book would you take away? And what would you, yeah, what would you add? Could be something of yours, could be something of somebody else's. But basically, yeah, just building, building new theology because we can, because we have the ability, we have the right, the divine God, universe, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it was, did not stop speaking back then. Um, and the things that we think that we feel that we believe now matter just as much. So going to see, see how that goes. And then for my own little gratification, you know, I pitched you the idea of this, this decon high <laughs> musical. Um, and so in the background, I'm going to be, be building that. So like Adrian, when you come on, we'll, we'll, we'll hammer out a lot of the initial details but then over this next like 13 week cycle, I'm going to have everybody like, oh, okay, throw me a challenge. You can add a character or you can add a place or you can add, add something that I have to put into this musical and then be producing, producing a song or a scene or something every week. So that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. That's amazing. Is there a timeline that people can expect this stuff? I mean, people are going to want to know. Do we know? So, Tim and I are recording tomorrow, yep. I believe. Doing it again, bearing my cross. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a trooper. Thank you. <laughs> man, what a martyr. Yeah, as a white man, I really am. It's crazy. He really, he really is. Um, so, I've got, there's an episode coming out. Yeah, so the, the third, they come out on the first and the third. I have an episode for tomorrow with just, just me kind of talking about where I'm at and where, where it's going. So then Tim's episode will be the third Wednesday of October. And then Adrian, whenever, whenever you come on. So it could be November, which would be like the anniversary of when it all started. Like, oh, here we go with this new, new iteration. So. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, listen, Tim and Janice, I just want to say thank you for this. It's been cool to 
get to know you as people. Tim, thanks for being on the show. I've seen your work from afar, but it really means a lot that you would join. Janice, I mean, there's nothing I can say that you don't already know. I'm just so grateful for your friendship over the years. Yeah. So much of what you do is so important, both of you, and DRCK would not be what it is, Janice specifically, right? There are hours of content that would not exist <laughs> and, and, many, and a creative Broadway musical segment that would not <laughs> exist without your help. So I'm just so grateful for you. It means a whole lot. And so, yeah, everyone, if you're listening to this second to last episode, I'm glad we had this opportunity. If you sent in your stuff, thank you. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back to listen. And we have another episode left for you. If you want to connect while we can, uh, you can find Dirty Rotten Church Kids everywhere. The handle can be found. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, if you're, you want to check it out. There is a Patreon that is coming to a close, but after much consideration, I've decided to keep the Discord open. Um, I thought I was going to put the Discord to bed, but after a lot of thought, I realized I was like, you know what? Sometimes you want to be able to go back and like see your conversations and see like really important things you've said and thought. And there's a lot of great relationships that were built out there in the Discord. So that will continue to live on. Um, I have some friends, shout out to SJ, who's going to kind of help keep that thing running when I'm unable to. And yeah, I think that's it. You're more than welcome to send me an email, dirtyrottenck at gmail.com. And that's that. Anything else y'all want to say? I want to go to bed, so no. <laughs> Just kidding. Just that I, I, I'm so glad to be here. Mm. And I'm so glad I landed, landed here. And again, never, never would have seen this coming. But I, I love both of you so much. Um, and just really, really appreciate you. Same. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for your work, um, Adrian. Appreciate it. For real. Oh, man. That means a lot. It means a lot. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. Special shout out to Tim Whitaker and Janice Legata for being co-hosts. Uh, shout out to the Bad Apples who sent in their stories. I will catch you all on the last episode of the series. Until then, keep up the dirty work. And remember, it's, it's all, all going to be, be okay. okay. Huge thanks to Janice and Tim for being on the second to last Dirty Rotten Church Kids episode. It's hard to believe it is almost over. Thank you all so much for sending in your voice memos. And thank you for listening over the years. As for me, Nameless Robot Voice, this is my final sign off with you. I hope you have enjoyed my random TV show quotes. There's a lot of beauty in ordinary things. Isn't that kind of the point? <laughs>